Hello, everybody. It's Dave Neal, stand-up comic host of Bachelor Nation News. January 27th, it's a Friday, baby. Are you ready to do this? Let's get into it. It's Bachelor Rush Hour. A lot of topics going on after our first week of The Bachelor here. Zach Shellcross hanging in there after meeting his 30-plus women on his season. I'm going to play a couple different interviews he's done. We're going to compile some of the day's news as we see fit here in the Bachelor universe. It's your boy Manic Dave. Are you guys ready to get Manic with me on a nice Friday afternoon? Let's do it. All right. Well, I made a few videos that are kind of long for, you know, the compilation here. So I'm going to kind of play a shorter version for you right now. So let's just jump right into it. Here's what Katie Thurston had to say on her live stream last night uh, after she saw that someone left a negative comment for Zach. Have a listen. You said something mean about Zach. Don't do that. Being in the spotlight is so hard. And so I just want to remind you guys to like, don't say bad shit about any of the contestants online. There is nothing accomplished by by putting it on their profile, by DMing them, by commenting on a other like another profile. Like I just it, it boggles my mind when strangers feel a release by p- typing out a negative thing for other strangers to read. Like the mental health of the contestants year after year, I feel like is impacted more and more. It makes me very nervous for just future contestants going forward. Bachelor Nation is an intense group, you guys. Be kind. It took me so long to recover from the internet. Yeah, and that's the way the world works out there is that the fan base and a lot of other fan bases do the same thing. We'll tear people down until we find some sort of humility in them, even though it could have existed in the first place. And then we pretend like we loved them all along. Well, I think I think our record in our community shows that we never thought Katie was a bad person, obviously. Uh, but the, uh, the greater group of people wanted to have an us versus them mentality. That's what exists out there, folks. And we see right through it. Well, Uh, And speaking of Katie, we just found out our stand-up show in San Diego is sold out. That's right, folks. The VIP seats and the general admission seats have completely sold out. Uh, Who knows? If you're in any other cities and you want Katie and myself to perform there, the best thing you can do is send her a DM and request us, and maybe we'll be on a nice little tour. Who knows? Life comes at you fast. We'll have to see how it all goes down. Actually, this weekend, I'm going to be recording my reaction video to watching my wedding video for the first time. So my wife, Tasha, and I are going to record that. If you want to see our reaction and the actual wedding video, plus the wedding photos from my wedding this past fall, you can go check that out at patreon.com slash Dave Neal. All right. Well, I've got two clips I'm going to share with you. The first one is a couple interviews that Zach did. He talks about getting coaxed into being the bachelor. He said for the longest time, he didn't want to be the bachelor, but why he decided to do it. And then the second video is an interesting one. I'll probably get at least one one star review from a listener who gets triggered, but it's a conversation about purity culture. And I got to tell you, I'm listening to Grant Trout and Maddie Pruitt uh, discuss purity. And it's frightening when you hear some of the words they use, not because I give two craps what they do with their bodies, but of course we don't want other people to feel guilty for, you know, for living their authentic life as they see fit. I personally don't think God gives a care what you do with your body as long as you're not hurting others. That's my opinion. You're allowed yours. You can share it if you want. Call in 401-213-9828. We'll play that clip right after this. Here's Zach talking about The Bachelor. Zach, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining me. How are you feeling? You're The Bachelor. (laughs) You're The Bachelor. What's your primary emotion? I I don't think I have one. I think it's like a million. (laughs) Uh I mean, it's like, it's obvious excitement, 
I mean, the nerves, the anxiety, but mainly excitement. That's great. All I can ask for. What's your plan for watching the show? Like, will you be watching? In, will you uh, Will you be hiding in a cave? Will you be with friends? Isolation? Do you have like a like a security blanket? Will you have family with you? Like, what? Yeah, Zach should have a weighted blanket. Here's my discount code for weighted blankets. When you have anxiety from watching yourself make out with seven women on the first night, what's your plan for surviving this experience? That's a great question because last season, I mean, every time I was ever on TV, I was just pacing the room. I think I was. <laughs> hugging a pillow. I was like, I couldn't look. So this time around, it'll be a little tough. I think for the first episode, watching it with the family, watching it with some friends, but all the other ones, no way by myself <laughs> no in a dark room. Interesting. Yeah. And of course they get the episodes in advance, you know, they'll get sent to Dropbox link the day before with the episode. So they, they, the leads do have the ability to watch the show in advance most of the time. <laughs> okay. Okay. But where do you live? Because I was confused. Did All you... right, so he lives in Anaheim. Let's just fast forward a little bit. He goes to Disney World. Uh, but we could do family uh, reunions out at Disney every other year. Disneyland, so. I should say. They're iconic, though. They're iconic. He's very memorable. Mine's Desperado, for sure. It's very right, So he should just discuss what type of Seinfeld episode he liked because his uncle was um, putty in Seinfeld. Filming The Bachelorette. And I was just honored and shocked. All right, so here's here's where he discusses the difference between being on The Bachelorette versus taking the role as the lead. Good question. For a long time, I didn't want to be The Bachelor. Do they have to co coax you into it? A little bit. Like, I was reached out to a few weeks or so after filming The Bachelorette, and I was just honored and shocked to be considered. So, I mean, I asked myself, do I really want to go through all of that again? Like, what, like what's going to happen? I mean, it's really putting myself out there. I'm still trying to figure out what the hell happened last season. And it took quite a few conversations, but it really came down to the fact of, okay, like I know what I want. Like I'm ready to settle down and find my person with the show or without the show. And, you know, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. I wonder if he got over Rachel. Again, this is just a thought. I wonder if he got over Rachel faster than Rachel got over Clayton. Uh, and I don't know. I, it's just a hypothesis because Rachel's season was so tough uh, for her, you know, as she has said, and ended up with her being single. But I wonder if Rachel's time, and I don't have the exact numbers, but I feel like her time as Bachelorette uh, um, after getting dumped by Clayton or breaking up with Clayton was a quicker turnover versus Zach seems to, and again, just seems to have had more clarity after his fantasy suite with Rachel. More clarity that, oh, this wasn't going to work out. She wasn't the one I thought I loved, blah, blah, blah. So uh, only a couple week turnaround between that moment and finding out you're going to be the next Bachelor, and then several months go by as you prepare to be the Bachelor, where you can, of course, uh, you know, it's like 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 they say, he only knew Rachel for a few weeks, so even if he built, built this incredible trust and love for her, it was only after a couple of weeks, so you'd think a few months go by, he'd be over her. Why not? Interesting. Do you Why have not? any crazy demands? Like, I must be able to do X, Y, or Z? One demand. I needed music. Needed Interesting. it. Interesting. Like listening to it. It's so basic. It's like I had a demand that I get to listen to music. That's it's like you just wanted some music, maybe some water. Could I have a Snickers bar every once in a while? Obviously, they're kind of like kept from society. They take their phones away. They do all these things. Give the guy some music. Let them just kind of relax. I got to tell you, 
Uh, music's so important, you forget. Um, planning on my wedding day, my wife, uh, my fiance at the time, Tasha, uh, wouldn't let me see her, obviously. So she put me in a blindfold and kicked me out. And uh, we were at the resort, 50 people plus, you know. And I went to my buddy Andy, who had a room on the other side of the resort. I was like, I got to hang out with you all day. I'll get ready with you. And I just remember uh, showering in his hotel room. And we had ordered room service and everything. And he had played some, he had a playlist going on, some good country music. And I was like, it was like my shower before my wedding. I get emotional just thinking about it, how important that music was to kind of calm my nerves down, to give the vibes the right sort of energy. And that's what good music does to us. So for him to just be like, yeah, I want to be able to get ready for a date with some music. And and what that probably does for him is gets him out of his head. Don't overthink things. Just chill out. That's what he's asking for. I just want to be able to chill out. <laughs> Needed listening to music, like having like a Spotify or just listening to podcasts, like anything to just kind of have an escape because, you know, there's no phones or anything like that when we're filming. But if I had some pump up music before getting ready for a date, I mean, (laughs) made the world. (laughs) Is that not usually allowed? Well, not, not typically, you know, you're still getting ready for the the date and there's like all this like pre stuff you have to do. Whereas fortunately, if I had some free time, it's like, all right, 30 minutes before we got to bounce to the date, I'm just, bumping something and just bumping something trying to bump some music before we bump some Harrisons. All right, folks. Well, that whole conversation can be found on bachelor party, the podcast. Let's go to a quick clip from Zach, uh, on bachelor nation's YouTube channel, answering some questions about how he felt after the limo exits in that moment. What was it about the limo entrances that kind of gave you that gut feeling? It's, it's hard to, to like pinpoint, like, like how the, like, at least my gut, like gave me that feeling, but what I felt was, you know, initially you, your mind's going a thousand miles an hour. Like, is this going to work for me? Am I going to, you know, find my best friend is, is, you know, is everyone taking this seriously or how is this going to work? And after actually just seeing everyone and, and having that brief, you know, a few minutes with each of them, something was just telling me inside. I'm like, wow, like all these women are incredible. Like this is like, I'm so fortunate and lucky to even be here. And you are like, I don't have any doubt that someone really special is here for me. Like I, it's weird. And I I can't have an exact moment. I don't think there was, it was just an overall feeling. That's cool that your intuition was that in tune with itself. So early on, Um, do you think, do you think it was helpful for you having former bachelors like Jesse Palmer? And we saw Sean Lowe as well, you know, in the promo there by your side, Sean even mentioned, I believe on bachelor happy hour that you guys FaceTimed a few times throughout the season. Like, was that a helpful relationship for you to have mentors like that? Absolutely. Um, you know, for myself, like I, I didn't want to come in with like any like real rules or like a playbook or anything like that. Like, like just experiencing it, like fully. I'm going to go ahead and say this camera angle isn't the most flattering whenever you shoot from low, but uh, I like what he's saying. By the way, who's this, who is this host interviewing him for Bachelor Nation? I don't know who that is, but she's doing a good job. And having their advice did play a big role though, because it's, it was their advice and support mainly, you know, with Jesse throughout it, like Jesse and I, great, great friends, you know, whenever I wanted to just like bounce any ideas off of him, he was always there. Um, and, and supported me through it all. And with Sean, you know, he cracks me up like no other. The guy is like, I don't think a lot of people know, but he is hysterical. And he just made me feel more comfortable and confident going into the whole thing. Because, uh, 
you can't help but have your mind race and you're like, oh, am I good enough? Can I handle this? But he was there and and supported me. And he's like, dude, you got this. Like, it's going to be one hell of a time. Love it. Embrace it. Be yourself. You know, don't try to be who, you know, others want you to be. Just be the Zach that you've always been. And That's like a, one of those inspirational quotes you put on your Trapper Keeper. Be the be the change you wish to see in the world. Be the Zach you want to be. I'm going to be the Dave I want to be. By the way, speaking of being who you want to be, maybe this is a good way to end this. I am going to be who I am on my channel, but I can't help but laugh. And I don't mean this to bring any negativity. I laugh so much at the negative reviews that we get on some of the people who listen to the new podcast, Bachelor Rush Hour, which is available every afternoon. Now, the the majority of the reviews, like 90 plus percent are five-star reviews, but there are people that every single one-star review we have gotten has been political. So this person left a review, which I thought was a ton of fun. Their initial review was a three-star and it said, content's choppy, Dave talks too fast without breathing, kind of true. Seems like a nice guy, but I've seen some reviews of his podcast about politics. What does that mean? So your review is based off of reviews you've seen of other reviews. If Dave ventures into wokeness communism, I'm out. Um, I don't know if this person understands what communism is. Uh, and then they updated it to a one-star review. They went from three to a one and they said, Update, Dave hasn't fixed his manic delivery. Ah! And again, brings up politics. Unsubscribed. Biden is the most racist and most divisive president we've ever had. Your take is mind-numbing, downgraded to one star. Again, I personally don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> I don't know, guys. Folks get triggered. We live in a... This niche is so interesting because... It's a combination of people with diverse viewpoints, but I don't know how I became the communist. And <laughs> I don't even know what I'm speechless guys. I'm speechless. We found out yesterday that the crazy person, I hate to even use the C word crazy, uh, but the person who called in under multiple different voicemails to complain about my podcast actually is the same person who called in a month ago. So now they've called in, and this might be the same commenter, I'm really not sure, but they called in three different times from with three different names. And I just, I guess these people exist. I guess this is what happens. It's been fun to watch though, on just a side note, because the podcast is the first time we've had like a rating system. So every once in a while we get a, you know, bad comments here or there, but now we get to see the comments from people that want to control your thoughts. And Hey, look, am I manic? I mean, look, here's a, here's the review we got the other day. So it's like, you know, I'll, I, it's on the soundboard now. I'm despicable apparently for my coverage. You're despicable. And I've unfollowed you. I've unsubscribed. I will never listen to your podcast again. So try to be a little more compassionate. Bye, loser. So if you want to check out that uh, despicable podcast, link in the comment section below. I know you're a comedian, but not everything is funny. And of course, that's a nice sound bite I've got there from this uh, caller who's been calling in under different names, completely unhinged out there. I feel like for the most part, our audience is actually very well 
uh, mannered, uh, understanding of others, respectful. I get comments all day long from people saying, oh my gosh, your, your comment section is actually not a horrible place to be. But of course, in the end, it's still an anonymous place. So we will have our folks in there that don't uh, feel the need to spend time, um, I, I don't know, understanding others, building empathy, things like that. But I think for the most part, we got a good thing going. I'm going to try my best to lead by example. And I appreciate everyone who's been in that community. Now, when we talk about preaching um, a you know morals and preaching to live a certain way versus another and fearing God and things like that, it can get kind of heavy because people think, oh, you must be anti-God, which is not the case whatsoever. I'm anti-people who profit off of and make money from telling others how to think or feel. It has bad collateral damage, and you're going to hear about that in this video. Have a listen to this wild clip. The purity movement introduced a purity industry with purity rings and purity pledges and purity balls and purity reels and TikToks and purity sermons. It's a new ritual aimed at encouraging girls and young women to abstain from sex until marriage. The ritual itself isn't new, but with social media, it's kind of had this resurgence. And for some reason, look, I think we should be talking about feeding the poor and housing the homeless and things like that. But instead, all we seem to be talking about is shaming people for having sex before they, I don't know, put one of these things on their fingers. You had, you, you fornicated before you put one of the, you know what I mean? Uh, anyway, it's ridiculous. This conversation I'm going to share for you. That's my opinion. It's a commentary channel. Follow me on Instagram at D Neal's patreon.com slash Dave Neal. Uh, we can donate to my channel and also every afternoon bachelor rush hour of the podcast. We'll get into it over there. So we're going to jump over here and listen to what um, a pastor said on a podcast they were on, and then I'll share their response right after. I don't know. I, I kind of have like a little bit of a sore spot on like some of the 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 now full circle bad mouthing of the so-called purity culture. Like, oh, it's like it's some sort of terrible thing to point young men right. and women to hold out for God's best. Mm. When in reality, mm. like you're an example of, hey, look, this is possible. You can yeah. hold out for yeah. God's best. Like it is best to save yeah. sex for marriage. It is wonderful. So, yeah. you know, I don't know. I don't know if saying that saving yourself for marriage is the toxicity that is purity culture. It's the shame that comes with it because we're not saying this to an adult. Hey, you shouldn't have sex till marriage, which of course would be weird to say to an adult, right? But we're saying it to 10-year-olds, to 8-year-olds, to 14-year-olds. We're saying your body's changing. And, and as we know, clinical psychologists have talked about this, but as we know, uh, young women, as they go through puberty, deal with a lot more self-hate because their body's changing in a world that views them on their body. Oh, you're so beautiful. Oh, look at those eyes. All compliments that young ladies get are generally uh, uh, focused in the direction of their looks and appearance and the stress that is involved there. So let's let them finish. Like the dismissing of that as some horrible thing, when obviously we're not trying mm -hmm. to shame anybody for the mistakes. And, and yeah. Grant, you're by your own- We're not trying to shame anybody. Shame people for what? Mistakes. You did wrong. You made a mistake. You angered God. So then he mentions uh, the fact that Grant wasn't a virgin before they got married. Mission saying, hey, I, I've, I've been no out there, did the things the world's way, but you're saying the God can way. redeem. So yeah. it's it's always best Absolutely. to do things God's way, yeah. but it's also no matter yeah. where you've been and what you've done, uh -huh. possible to see God make all things new. So Come it's on. both and, right? Yeah. I 
All right. So anyway, uh, it it didn't take more than co- scrolling three comments to hear a, a different opinion. I find it interesting because I never hear men talking about how purity culture affected them. But every woman I know was shamed and felt it was used as a weapon against her. So do I believe what God says about sex being intended only for marriage? Of course. But there's grace. However, in purity culture, the grace bit was left out. I remember being told I'd be like a half-eaten bar of chocolate where each person I slept with had taken a bite out of me. So no one would want me if I didn't stay a virgin. It was a fear tactic used to manipulate and control, not to truly teach the word of God. Meanwhile, girls next to me had never had the choice of virginity because they had been abused and now were being told they had no worth. I also have friends that the shame-based teaching was so intense they, they felt bad about having sex even within the confines of marriage and it deeply affected their marriage. It's the collateral damage that exists, which we're going to get to in a second. Now, you might be wondering, why does this all matter? You know, like I've got family that might believe, I've got family that believes in plenty of different doctrines that I disagree with, but Grant comes from a dangerous place. Not him specifically, but his lineage. His father, Kenny Trout, uh, funded was one of the biggest funders in Trump's social media platform, Truth Social. And why should we care that there's another social you know, uh, network that's out there? It's just a little bit much that he has the wealth as a billionaire to fund political campaigns that in some instances in Texas are stripping away the rights of, of people in the autonomy of their own body. This is scary stuff, folks. So what's going to be preached over there at the new church that they're at? We're going to have to wait and see. Trump's purported free speech social media platform, Truth Social, is hiding users' posts, threatening to create a curated echo chamber. So that's what we have here, right? I believe we have an echo chamber of people when I, when he, when he this pastor, who I'm sure means well, talks about, hey, you know, we should just have sex till marriage, not understanding the collateral damage that exists out there because you're talking to 10-year-olds. You're talking to children about this. You're making them put on some of these purity rings to say, I'm not going to do this. And then if they do, then they've sinned and you can you know overcome the grand mistakes you've made so it doesn't go long without we see these kind of comments from people saying i was shamed and had to leave the church the church needs to be more inclusive it wants to keep people so of course people like maddie have created a sort of big business she makes a lot of money giving speeches about how she waited she put it on her dang veil worth the wait she said that before she even metaphorically crossed the finish line you know what i mean so it's fascinating and scary and maddie's no stranger to social media of course she was blasted for making her own fan account and commenting oh so genuine and so real and then she denied that it was her and of course nick vile slammed her here's what we know um nick vile said i mean people want to forget i know madison wants to forget it but her instagram she commented on her own instagram she did that that was a fact it is silly and trivial and there's a logical explanation for it that she wanted people to like her look we all want people to like us we all do stupid things maddie denied it and said her friend stole her phone took her phone and commented from her account but either way um she probably had a burner account where she talked where she was hyping herself up i don't know how does that have to deal with this they're using social media to reach a large audience and that's what purity culture is doing it's not just your dad uh um uh, uh putting on a suit and tie and you putting on a dress at the age of 12 and pledging not to have sex till marriage now it's people that are like creating this hot culture of, you know, this sexy young culture where they're preaching what, what I believe to be is just like a weird thing, which is like telling people what they should and shouldn't do with their body based on uh, fearing or not fearing God. So let's go to what Grant said about um, 
why it was worth it to wait with Madison. Very interesting stuff here. Fought through uh, that, right? And didn't uh, cave? So glad. so glad. And I'm looking at, so my best friends will look at me who are single. He said he's so glad he fought through it and didn't cave to the pressures of having sex with Maddie before someone told them they could have sex. And they'll go, Grant, why was it worth it? Mm. And I'm just going, bro, the freedom and the confidence it brings as a man in Christ to lead in purity. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. is the most important thing as a single man. Mm-hmm. And everything he says feels like a script or scripture. Because, wow. you know, there were moments where we would start making out and maybe we got a little handsy. And and what I would feel the next day, stripped of confidence, oh stripped God. of boldness. All of a sudden, I'm not what leading her shame. well. Stripped in confidence, stripped in boldness. Yeah, and I, and, and I think my tongue got loose or my tongue lashed out. His tongue got loose! Ladies and gentlemen, Grant Trout's tongue. Hey, can you bring it back? We lost Grant Trout's tongue. Please, it got loose. What the hell are we talking about? What words are these? Brimstone and fire. My tongue is loose. I tell you. You know, we, we, I'll tell you what. Having your tongue get loose might be a benefit to you know when you actually do have sex. You know, ladies like it when the tongue's a little loose. Oh right. I said this thing where Satan promises this beautiful little box of pleasure. And he says, hey, take this. It's just a little bit. You're not going to go all the way. Just take a little bit. And it promises unity. But every single time, and we didn't do anything crazy, but we crossed a line we knew we shouldn't have. It promised unity. And it only what, caused what, our- uh, what, you, what line did you cross? Did you tickle her ass? What are we- <laughs> Biggest fights. What's that like? What does God say? Leviticus says you may not tickle an ass. It only- Or, or sh- shall you tickle one's ass? Your, t- your, your tooth may get loose. You may cause yeah. division. Tongue tooth. And yeah. Satan swears. He says, hey, just take it. It'll bring you closer. Mm-hmm. But really, I mean, that just divided us. Wow. And so we took that very seriously. And, by, and the people in the background commenting, yeah. It just, it just, it just- it's wild to me. Yeah. Well, and even like, so you know, it's, it's not marriage. So, and it's, so much it's wisdom. <laughs> so much wisdom. Look, and again, uh, the commenters that disagree with me will say, Dave, who are you to care what other people do with their body? That's my point. So why should they care what other people do with their body? You know what I mean? So, oh, Dave, let them be. You know, ugh, it's the fact that they've got millions of followers. Tax exempt. And this is the craziness that people are listening to. The hell do I care? I don't care. I'm married. I had sex before marriage, during marriage. My tongue's loose. <laughs> well, I guess he's got a point. I got a loose tongue. Uh, Manic Dave over here with a loose tongue. So let's go to 35, 38. All right, let's keep playing. Purity until marriage. It's purity in marriage too. You know, yeah. like no it's doubt. not like that ends now. Right, so, so 45. I know we want to hear what Maddie has to say. I haven't. And again, I haven't even listened to the whole thing. There's. I'm sure every moment here is just wildness. Um, but we're going to give them a fair shot. We're going to listen to what their pastor is saying. But I did want to share also, we have an article here. The former pastor of the church that they belong in was kicked out of the church for being bipolar. Now, the church elders, that's what they're called. Not here. Uh, the, uh, I'm, if I do this long enough, I'll be a recap elder. The <laughs> recap elder Dave. Uh, the church elders kicked this guy out. We'll get to that in a second. Stick around, guys. Stick around, okay? Let's hear what Maddie has to say. 
and uh, I brought a few friends with me. And so I kind of went into college, you know, hoping to just continue to do life with them. But I remember some of them started going in different directions and they started making some decisions that I felt like were a bit out of character for them. And I, remember- My, I have an aunt who used to do this to me. She said, Dave, you're doing something out of character. I, I remember an aunt shaming me for laughing a certain way. So Maddie's basically saying her friends started doing things out of character. Maybe your friends decided to not live to a standard that they didn't want to live to anymore. And they became their own. Remember, I had a decision to make in that moment. And I, I got alone in my dorm room and I just started crying. And I was like, Lord, like, who, who do I want to be? What kind of life do I want to live? And mm. do I really want to go all in with you? And mm, wow. I just remember in that moment, I was like, I, I, I do like, I, I don't want, I don't want anything apart from you. And I've, mm. I've kind of lived this like lukewarm, mediocre Christian lifestyle and it's gotten me nowhere. And I just, I'm ready to go all in with you. And then she went all in with uh, a dating show that is literally the exact opposite of monogamy. And that's the world we live in, folks. All right. So anyway, let's go to the 49 minute mark here where we're at. I mean, hey, give her credit. I mean, look, again, I don't care what people do with their body as long as they're not hurting other people and all that. I'm all about just like doing what's right for you. The problem I have here is the people that are going to listen to her and then fall short or be abused or have, like we said before, all these instances where maybe you had your virginity taken from you and now you think you're less of a person because of an act someone else did. There's so many different instances where this is toxic. It's not about what Maddie does with her body. I hope they have great loose tongue sex. What do I care? So that was, you know, my story and then came off the show and um, obviously my whole life looks (laughs) crazy and different and um, I was just like, okay, Lord, what do you, what do you want with all of this? And, um, you know, I had people reaching out to me about writing a book and, um, coming and speaking at different conferences and churches and, and it all just really just took off there. So and writing I, a book, speaking at conference and churches, doing all the things that just put money into her pocket. Girl, she don't know. So here's the, here's the pastor of their church. Uh, maybe it's, the fact, as a stand-up comedian, you understand the different like neuro-linguistic programming that can go into selling a joke on stage, the different phonetics, uh, hitting words on certain accents, all the things that can make someone a good auditor or a dictator, someone who can really hammer their point across. The pastor does a really good job with that. The problem I have is it's always just like, and again, it's always just like so clean, so like I'm hip, I'm cool, I'm one of you guys. You know that you got the 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 Jesus mic. Uh, you know that you only see as uh, pastors and in a broad in Broadway only. Ha- I should get one of them. I really should. But either way, it's no knock on him. But let's just hear what he has to say. This is the church that Grant now works at, Harris Creek Baptist Church, and then we'll get into afterwards how that church uh, kicked out this pastor and how he, this pastor struggles with his mental health rather than addressing it. How they just kind of kicked him out. Anyone that will have sex outside of marriage is communicating something really clearly and really plainly. I am willing to go outside of marriage for sex. Now, I have to assume we're not talking about cheating, okay? When we talk about cheating, of course, if you're in a relationship where the preconceived notion is that you're monogamous, like I'm in a monogamous relationship, we trust in each other that we are not cheating on each other and all of that jazz, right? When he says outside of marriage, 
I have to assume the, that what he's saying is sex before marriage, because I think we can all assume, yeah, if you're going to have sex outside of marriage, that's wrong. So let's, so unless, unless someone tells me otherwise, I'm assuming he's talking about sex before marriage. That's what they're saying. And so don't be surprised when that happens because they're trying to tell you that really plainly. Listen, there's the marriage covenant. I don't value the marriage covenant. So, so he's saying if people have sex outside of marriage, then they don't value the marriage covenant, which I don't really follow the logic, but he really does a good job of sticking his point. You'll, you'll, you'll know, you'll hear it at the end. He, re, he, he, he rehearsed it in the mirror. He kind of, he nails it. I'm not going to wait for the marriage covenant. I'm going to do what I want to do. I follow my emotions. That's what you need to know about me. I do what my emotions tell me to do, what my feelings tell me to do. I, I want to follow them. And, and so if I'm willing to not hold sex in that place where God says it's reserved for it, I'm telling you. I He's building up, kind of like coming. He's like ready to come with his point. <laughs> I'm willing to go outside of that for intimacy. And there's only one reason that someone will do that. It's because they don't fear God. Any boom, boom, boom. There's only one reason why they would do that. It's because they don't fear God. You know what I mean? He kind of hits it right there. Anyone that will have sex outside of marriage is communicating something. And that's, and that's what he's spewing to people saying, I, and again, I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure when it's not a, like, there are so many uh, ways that scripture can be used to teach good morality. And like I said before, uh, feed the poor and help those that have less than us. But all we see here is Grant, son of a billionaire, throwing their money at political campaigns, now working for a church where they're saying, if you have sex outside of marriage, I'm assuming before marriage, then it's because you don't fear God. They're hiding it in plain sight that the fear of God is the reason that should compel you to do certain things. Really clearly and really plainly. And maybe I'm just a Catholic school reject here. You know, Catholic Dave. But anytime anyone, anyone tries to sell me something on fear, well, if you don't put this on your roof, your roof's gonna cave in. Well, if you don't do this, the world's gonna burn down. Well, if you don't do that, anytime you're being sold on fear, you have to realize your, the immigrants are gonna steal your job. They're coming up in droves. The migrant caravan's on its way. Do you know the migrant caravan's on its way, guys? Whenever we're being sold on fear, we are being manipulated in the easiest form possible. Because if we're afraid of something, we'll do anything to act against that fear. This is just like cult 101. I am willing to go outside of marriage for sex. That's what they're saying. And so don't be surprised when that happens because they're trying to tell you that really plainly. Listen, there's the marriage covenant. I don't value the marriage covenant. I'm not going to wait for the marriage. Bye, loser. Okay, so, okay, let's just, so anyway, we've got this guy. Uh, he was the... Christian pastor at the same church, Brady Herbert. He left the church in Texas as after he was diagnosed with bipolar two disorder. And he talks about his experience of how the elders made clear to him that he would not be allowed to return as lead pastor. When they got a whiff of mental health issues, who's now 37, they wanted to wash their hands of it and move on like a, like a lot of churches do. So these churches aren't addressing the mental health issues that may come from you just being predisposed to have mental health problems, like, like he might may be, but also the issues that come up when you say like they they do say oh no no we're not here to shame others but let's do the things that are going to shame them do you know what i mean so it's just one thing after another um and uh let's see here so he he left the church and he's no longer with the church and that's where that church went now look i'm not saying this is a Anyone bad church i'm not saying that whatsoever i'm just saying we don't know when people get all of their information from like 
a source that's telling them that that God's a fearful, you need to be afraid of the power and this and that. Love, love is the opposite of fear, right? To love something is not to be afraid of something. To love something is to have the highest vibrancy possible. People are attracted to love. So you can love God. For me, God is all of us. We're all part of it. That's why vicariously, when you see someone else get hurt, it hurts you because we all feel each other's pain. We all feel each other's joy. They always say, you know, when you do a good act for somebody, you release the feel-good hormones and so did that other person. But likewise, a stranger watching you do a good act to somebody else also feels that love. That's what we need to be talking about. Not fear that you may bang somebody and have a loose lip before you get married. When Monica and I got married... 18 years ago, we lived in her, moved into her little apartment and she went out of town for a weekend to see a friend. And I had a friend coming through town from college, a buddy from college. And so he says, hey, do you want to grab dinner? And so he and I went to dinner. We're catching up over chips and queso, having a great time. And this woman walked up to us and, and she was perfect, physically beautiful, Everything was in the right place. And she turns to me and says, can I buy you a drink? Shorty, can I buy And I, I buy say, you a drink? oh, I'm married. Uh-uh. Like that. Fair. And she says, well, is she here? Oh. Because I don't care. And I hardly know any Bible, but I know Proverbs 5, 6, and 7. The only thing, the saving grace in that situation is I looked at that woman and I thought, oh, she hates me. She doesn't love me. She wants my wife to hate me, and she wants my in-laws to hate me, and she wants my parents to hate me, and she wants my unborn children to hate me. Just say no to the drink and get your own Shirley Temple. I don't know, folks. Maybe it's just me from a boring New England town, but this uh, some of these sort of uh, styles of preaching where we just preach fear, it feels heavy. I know, I know that I look, I get it. Mainstream media, cable news do it too. All the different ways we can kill you. You know what I mean? It's just a lot. Nowhere in, in any of those sermons or conversations did we hear about love. It was always about doing something because uh, you, you fear God. And I don't know, that's like when a parent you know, you ask them a question and they don't have the answer and they just say, because I told you so. It's kind of one of those things. It's like, huh? I don't know. Maybe I'm being a little too inquisitive here. Let me know what you guys think. Uh, That whole podcast episode is fascinating. But like one of those commenters said, they were so busy to say what you should do with your bodies, but they don't talk at all about the shame that so many people have received. In the end, if you want as many people as possible to believe and listen to the good word of the Lord, you you shouldn't be pushing away all the people that have had such a bad experience with feeling manipulated, judged, and shamed. I don't know, guys. Um, As for me, I'm going to have a busy weekend. I got some stand-up comedy shows coming up. I think I'll be something around like February 5th. I'll be at the Hollywood Improv. I'm going to have all my dates on my Linktree, linktree.com slash Dave Neal. I've got other shows coming up. I've got a a very busy February before I go away on my honeymoon. Of course, you will still hear from me. We'll we'll spend a little bit of time doing some podcasting uh, while I'm on my honeymoon. I'm going to be in Indonesia on a beautiful island called Bali. 
Can't wait. All right, more content coming your way. Thank you guys so much for sticking around. I really appreciate it. Thanks for all the amazing reviews. You guys have been fantastic. I appreciate y'all keeping us in the top 20 in entertainment news. The way to keep doing that is make sure you are subscribed. Make sure you follow. Share with any of your friends. Share on Instagram, any social media. If you enjoy the conversations we're having and think it provides value, just keep sharing it. All right, folks, I've been Dave Neal. This is Bachelor Rush Hour. Have a good weekend.